Good morning, guys. This is the 6th of July, 2022. This is the podcast Conversations for Men and for Women. I'm joined by Diana Black and Chad Taylor, my fellow holistic counsellors and psychotherapists, all of us here meeting on the interweb through the Zoom Zoom screen. Uh, and all of us finding ourselves at home. Di's been there for a bit longer than what you'd probably like. Day 14, I believe, Di. That's, um, that's quite a commitment <laughs> in some ways, dictated by, <laughs> or by the outside world is, is the question. But today's theme on that note is commitment. And we're going to conversationally explore what that means to us. Um, some weeks we have topics which we sit down together with and say, yeah, we've, we've got a lot with this. We, we have a lot of thoughts, a lot of framings, a lot of understanding perhaps, and other weeks we don't. The, the biggest week in my mind um, that we came together and just went, oh, shit, I'm not sure what to, what to say here was on love, <laughs> just, just oddly enough, paradoxically enough. Um, this one's commitment. Is it up there with love? It's definitely up there with love in terms of really not having any idea what my thoughts are on it at this stage, but we'll see what comes out. I'm going to hand it over to you, Chad, with your puppy dog on your couch there and see if you'd like to give um, me a, a quick idea as to how you might define or feel into what commitment actually means. Yeah, morning, guys. Commitment. It, um, I guess it's such a varied, a varied topic and a varied comment even. You know, there's so many, so many forms of commitment. And even in relationship, there's so many forms of commitment. Yeah, but I guess, you know, it, I think most people that I encounter, the reason they are in a committed relationship or seek a committed relationship is for that sense of security. You know, that, that they feel secure when they, they know that other person's kind of got their back. And, and if we if we trace it back, you know, even in tribal tribal days through the ages and, and way back, you know, I feel like there's a there's a conscious commitment and then there's there's like an unconscious commitment. It's almost you know, commitment loyalty could even cross paths, I would think. Um, you know, and, and I guess, you know, it's hard to, you know, that whole death do us part, you know, those whole wedding vows and you know, I've been thinking a bit on this topic since um, we decided we we're going to have a try, try and have a podcast on commitment. You know, it's, it's hard to know how you're going to feel in two days, let alone in 20 years, you know, but I guess it's, um, it's a bit like going to the gym, you know, or eating healthy or studying a uni degree, you know, people make a commitment in one frame of mind, but I think there also needs to be some sort of, you know, fluidness to that term commitment because, um, Unfortunately, we evolve and we grow and we change differently as human beings. You know, some people are, you know, what am I? I'm 43 now. I run into people that I went to school with 
and some of them are exactly the same as who they were when they went to school with, when I went to school with them. And then others I wouldn't even know a resemblance. You know, and, and from what I see, the, the couples that have lasted are the ones that have either grown together or stayed at the same level of consciousness together. You know, and I think most clients that seem to come to me, whether it's for marriage counselling or individual counselling, family counselling, it's, it's when this shift happens, this shift of awareness or this shift of consciousness happens and, and there becomes this polarity in, in the dynamic that was there before. And, and I guess back to that security, each person feels less secure. But, um, you know, there's, you know, I guess, you know, sometimes I think commitment means that people love because they've made a decision to love more than actually feeling the emotion of love. Yeah, so it, um, it's, a very, it's a very broad topic, you know, commitment. Everything we speak about here is a very broad topic, really. But, um, yeah, I guess, you know, to me, it, it's hard. That's why I think so many relationships fail or struggle because it's hard to feel committed in the present moment if you're not fully feeling in love with that person that you've committed to. It doesn't mean it can't happen. It doesn't mean with, with open communication and and really, you know, guidance. I, I believe we all, we all need guidance in relationships. That's one thing that I've said for a long time, that we kind of get most of us, or most people, I would say, grow up in a less than functional family dynamic and then we don't get any training or any advice or or any real guidance as to what it is to be a partner or be in a committed relationship and then all of a sudden we're thrown into the world of dating and loving and and partnership and we're almost have we're going in blindly we almost have no idea what it what it even means to be in relationship with some with another person, let alone be in a committed relationship. So yeah, it's, um, I'd love to hear what hear what you guys think on the topic. Thanks, <clears throat> thanks so much, Chad. I um, I had a dozen thoughts jump through my head, pretty much every second of what you just contributed to there. Um, all of them basically in alignment with what you're saying and and just taking these very streams of consciousness in, in so many directions until I came to the point that I'm at now and that is um, my, my personal truth. It's much easier to speak to than um, simply just dancing around in the, um, in the world of uh, the academic potentially. So, yeah, my personal truth is that I've spent my life studying commitment uh, and I do make a foundation around commitment for for all of us to the expression or the energy that we've experienced um you know in our mother's arms or even prenatally in our mother's womb um but particularly when we come into this world as a, a pure spirit and we have what we consider to be a sense of commitment and the reason we have an energy around that is actually typically spurred by the 
moment we actually feel that that maybe is not the case anymore. The first time we're placed in the in the cot or the crib or whatever um, it may be, no longer on on our mother's breast, and we question what what's her commitment? What's the commitment? Hang on, I thought I was in this loving, committed relationship to be pressed against that warm flesh and her beating heart forever. And we spend the rest of our lives potentially investigating that notion, depending on who we are, again, making it personal. I've definitely had um, typically a a pretty strong sense of commitment in relationship and other times for uh, more shorter, intense periods of some of my relationships, I've had a sense of being really scared of commitment um, or being avoidant towards commitment. Long story short is that I really believe that for me personally and perhaps for you guys that the essence of commitment comes to having a commitment to to God or to the divine or to to the essence of pure love uh, within oneself uh, and obviously again within relationship with one and all. So that's my commitment to basically commit to the experience of um, of living into my higher self, experiencing into the highest version of myself. That's loving and peaceful. It's it's joyful. It's it's wisdom. <clears throat> it's it's emanating all those things that uh, otherwise I find that if I'm not committing to that level of authority. I'm trying to find in in others and ultimately I'm going to be disappointed if I expect someone else to be able to provide uh, that level of commitment to me because it's asking a lot. So, Di, on that note, I'm going to ask you, what does does commitment mean to you? Wow. Like you, I've got so many things popping through my brain. Um, Yeah, well... There's so many levels of commitment. There's there's a level of commitment in relationship. Um, there's commitment to a job or a study or there's, yeah, but like you just said, I think for me um, my own personal journey led me to commit to self um, and my own relationship with God, life, the universe, or whatever you want to call it, Um, because I experienced the disappointment of relationships and loss at an early age, Um, both the same year, actually. I think my heart got broken and my father died in the same year, which led me on a journey of, uh, hey, my happiness is my own responsibility because I can't count on people to stay alive around me and I can't count on relationships when the person I loved who one day was totally in love with me, suddenly the next day wasn't and I couldn't grasp that. Um, And that was a real wound that stuck with me. And, And when I saw my mother who was very young when my father died, she was only 47, not be able to function because she dad had taken control of the survival and writing the checks and the bills and doing everything and she was thrust into a world of 
having to survive for the first time. And I, I remember making a commitment to myself. I'm never going to allow myself to become totally dependent on another person. It was actually a conscious decision, which was also detrimental. I mean, you were talking about that relationship in the in the cot, you know, where you first experience abandonment. I mean, I guess it was total abandonment for me at that point. So because um, my mother was also off, she couldn't support us, so I was on my own. And I don't regret that at all. It was a really good thing, but it, it was a hard journey when I was only 17. But um, it definitely led me on a path of I'm alone, totally alone in this world, even though there are people all around me and, um, you know, from a happy-go-lucky party girl who was, what's going on this weekend? What party are we going to? I was suddenly contemplating the fact that, you know, we were on a on a rock sailing through space and um, confronting my mortality. And I thought, hang on a minute, there's more to life. And I think Khalil Gibran, The Prophet, was a book that saved me and I think I went to the Bible and I went to Buddhism. I went to everywhere searching for what was happening to me and that sent me on a journey, which I've never left, I guess, because um, my attitude then became, I think my relationships after that, it was sad because I wouldn't commit. I wouldn't allow myself to feel vulnerable and I wouldn't allow myself to be loved. And it wasn't until I fell hopelessly, madly in love again and I was out of control and committed and then had three beautiful children that I realised, uh-oh, I've lost my, <laughs> I'm back. You know, I surrendered to it and I realised that, you know, you have to allow yourself to experience all the pain as well as all the joy because that safe zone is is good but, you know, but I also managed to maintain a healthy, healthy detachment, I suppose, at the same time. But commitment in relationship, getting back to what Chad was talking about, yeah, I think what he said was growth. If you both grow together and allow your commitment to be one of freeing the other person to grow and become their best self, then that is the ultimate and I think you've got a chance of surviving. The other thing that came up for me was, you know, what is love? Is love you fall in love and then you commit, you may commit to that love and I think the commitment is an attitude. It's not a feeling. Love is a feeling, I mean, what we call romantic love and all that, that feeling you fall madly in love. But then when you make that vow to commit to that relationship or anything, that is an attitude. And an attitude, if it's really coming from your absolute true authentic self and it's what you've actually visualized for yourself and what you want then that commitment is solid and you can survive the ups and downs even though you'll still get thrown into losing your side of your 
commitment at times. If you just hang in there, I think love is cyclic and your attitude will see you through the down times. I don't know where I went then in my COVID brain, but, you know. <laughs> Thanks so much, Di. That was amazing. Look, that was a really big takeaway for me um, with what you said towards the end. All of it resonated as always, but what you said towards the end is that uh, commitment is an attitude and uh, as opposed to a feeling, and that really resonates with me for sure. I am, um, you know, I guess I frame that further in wondering what an attitude actually is. And to me, it for now, and this will change just like everything. Um, it's it's a it's a in, in the sense of commitment. I see it as basically having a commitment to doing things in in a certain way. The attitude is about the attitude of commitment is that uh, I I make a, a vow to do something consistently for a set period of time forever maybe or whatever it might be depending on what that commitment actually is obviously the attitude is is holding oneself holding myself to that I am um, I want to be basically expanded <laughs> beyond that limited you know shortly formed belief system chat. I know you've got stuff to speak to that. Um, just quickly, let me see what else is going on there. Look, just in terms of um, there's one other thing I picked up from you, Diet, that was something you didn't say, and that was it was you almost said it, but when you basically were in the relationship where you felt yourself um, not actually finding you were able to honour yourself as much or that you were losing your, and then just as you said your, you actually didn't say self. So, well, I think that was a really important point, whether it was said or unsaid, it came across quite clear that there's a big notion that we um, have a, a propensity to lose ourselves in relationship and, you know, with also the, the sense of how we're committing to a relationship, i.e. the more that we commit to a relationship that's not serving us, we we start to lose ourselves. I definitely relate that to um to the expression or the attitude that we have of commitment to our higher self or to the concept that we're actually more than self. Um all, all of those kind of things. So Chad, I'm wondering, you know, what kind of practices can you advocate for potentially to be able to create an alignment within our, uh, our worldly relationships, um, perhaps with reference to the to the beyond worldly relationship with the divine or the universe or, or anything. What do you, how do you speak to all of that? Yeah, well, one thing that's come up just, just listening to what you guys have been speaking to is, um, you know, is the commitment to my higher self, does it, is it more important to me? And the commitment to my relationship, you know, and I think that's what I was trying to trying to say in my opening opening statement about, you know, if if I have to start dumbing down who I am to stay in to stay in a committed relationship with somebody, then there's probably some adjustments to be made. You know, to me. I don't know. In two thousand and twenty-two, with the consciousness we all have now, whether committed relationships are a thing of the past, or they're going to make a comeback, or 
whether we're just going through some sort of cyclic change. But I think it's very rare. When I say very rare, I don't mean it's impossible, but I think it's very rare for two people to be able to be in a committed relationship, also fully being able to honour themselves and their other person's higher reason for being alive, I guess. You know, because I know for me, my, my commitment is is to evolving as much as I can. You know, and and unfortunately, that that will take precedent over. You know, over a unhappy relationship. You know, I guess it's almost like, you know, when two people say they fall in love or they make a choice to be to be committed. I think it's almost. An easier, you know, an easier place to be to be committed in that present moment. And I think that's why we we do seem to have an influx of short term relationships. And but I also think there's a there's a good there's a good side to that where you know, generally relationships will bring up all our stuff. You know, interpersonal relationships will bring up all our stuff that needs to be healed. And I think. Sometimes being with the one person for such a long time, I think that challenging and that and that growth can sometimes slow down dramatically. You know, so it's it's almost like, and for some people in this lifetime, their actual, you know, their their goal being in a committed relationship and being happy and fulfilled in a loving, sexual, one-on-one partnership, it may be the the priority of their life. And and that's that's um that's completely okay. And I think that's it, that's a quality thing. And I think that's where we were consciously you know, years in years gone by. You know, I think our awareness was a bit more animalistic and an almost herd mentality where it was more about survival than it was about evolution. You know, but I guess, you know, the it's all about knowing thyself, you know. That famous Bible quote, you know, love love thy neighbour as thyself. You know, if I'm not if I'm not true to myself and I'm not being able to live fully, authentically in the relationship I'm in, then I, I personally don't actually see how it's possible for anybody to love another person fully because it always starts with self. You know, that doesn't mean that there's no compromise or there's no give and take. But I also I also think there needs to be two very aware people that can allow the other person to change and fully accept each change as it goes. You know, people, generally people want us to be who they know us as. 
you know, that statement when couples come to therapy and I don't even know who this person is anymore. You know, it, it's almost like if, if that person stays who I think they are, then everything will be okay. You know, and, and that to me doesn't allow that growth. You know, so for those practices, I guess it would, to me, it's, it's both parties need to be doing them. You know, there's there's plenty of practices that I've spoke about before and we've all spoke about, you know. I would say number one would be meditation. So that I start deciphering what's my thoughts and what's cultural conditioning. Am I in this relationship? Because it's I've got a sense of obligation and it's actually what I should do. Is it because I grew up in a church? Is it also because I I grew up in an unhappy relationship in a single parent relationship. You know, so for me, I, I would start if everybody could start with meditation. You know, just just learning how to observe your thoughts and know what thoughts are yours and what thoughts have come from the outside world, and then possibly following on, you know, with some journaling and I think reading things of a psycho spiritual nature helps a lot. You know, trying to trying to get an understanding of, of what it is to be on this journey of life. You know, so that's that's my take on on commitment that, you know, and, and that's the question I suppose each person would have to ask themselves because it's gonna be always different, you know. Is remaining in this relationship more important than me being able to evolve in who I'm supposed to or or who I wanna be? And hopefully we can all end up in relationships where both those things can happen. That we can be in both. We can, we can have both of those things coinciding. So it's um it's a very full topic. I'll, I'll hand it back over to you guys. Thanks, mate. Hey, um, yeah. It's so good to have some practical advice for couples out there. Uh, and I'm going to speak to the fairly obvious, and I'd imagine that that's what a lot of couples out there are thinking. Um, what do we do? How does commitment change when we start talking about basically the family structure? Um, how does commitment change when we start talking about kids? Do we apply the, the same principle as what we're referring to here as far as mutual growth goes? and uh, that actually being the determinant um, in terms of how much we decide to stay in a committed relationship or not the not the sole determinant, but I think what we're speaking to is whether or not we're staying at that same plane of consciousness and advocating for the expansion of that consciousness for the sake of one and for all. And if that's not happening um, within our relationship, uh, you know, we, we potentially bail, we potentially get out of there. But once we've got kids, once we've got, other things that um, we've got attachments to, uh, like our home, the this thing that we've created together, all the things that we've created together, uh, it becomes so they become layers of, uh, of of things that make it harder to 
be free with where we might feel like we would be otherwise if we didn't have a certain commitment to those things as well, shared commitments to those things. Di, um, how do you feel about that? I'm just going to pass that over to you. Um, well, I, I'd just like to say that in a relationship, I think it is possible, even if it is not a healthy relationship, to grow still and learn from that experience. I don't think um, we should beat ourselves up whether we've chosen the wrong partner or the right partner. It's all part of our life experience and our journey. And um, I think it would, if it becomes unbearable, then you will find yourself, both of you, getting out of it somehow anyway. But if there is some love there that had you in the beginning, you may be able to work through it. But my advice would be communication, honest, honest communication and being your authentic self, which we've talked about all along, because once you actually speak your truth, if you say, I am miserable in this relationship and the other person actually hears it, not just what they want to see or hear, they hear you and you, then they can speak their truth, then you're actually starting what is actually authentic, real communication and growth. So there is that chance um, if you do take that step before the relationship you know, disintegrates and then you can both be helped by counselling or whatever to focus on what that high love was that brought you together, what were your aspirations and um, dreams together and you can maturely work out whether or not it's worth staying together or you work out that you need to part to both grow but you can still maintain that love and that respect somehow for one another of your higher selves. Um, that would be my practical advice that would be to really just focus on communicating honestly and not not covering like not not covering and hiding and looking you know as as Chad said when if you find yourself bonsaiing yourself to to please the other person then that obviously is not on so you need to communicate that so communication always communication thanks Di that's amazing I I actually feel, you know, whilst you're saying that, I'm obviously contemplating it um, at an accelerated rate in a short period of time, and I think that might, for me at least, be the top of the top of the commitment hierarchy, top of the totem pole of commitment when it comes to to these worldly relationships. Um, so, just to say that again out loud, I couldn't agree more that committing to um, authentic, honest communication in relationship is. I'm going to say it, the be all and end all to achieving um, achieving our most loving highest state um, together, and it also means that you know obviously if we're just taking it a little bit um, further in my mind at least, the more that we're communicating authentically, obviously it means that we're uh, we've got a closer alignment with each other in terms of our understanding, not necessarily in terms of where we stand uh, in our own. Um, desire to of, of the experience itself, but at least we're clear where the other person is. At least we we have an understanding about that, and therefore we can actually make decisions accordingly. And I, I think the biggest block that we have, and this is my little bit of relationship advice, is uh, that we're we're shit scared of actually communicating the things that um, are 
going to most likely hurt our partners. And as much as it's been a, a hard path of actually coming to learn that lesson myself, I, I really believe, and I'd like to be proved otherwise, I have this argued by you guys. But I, at this point, I just believe that the hard truths are, are the the kindest things we can do. You have to be cruel to be kind, you know, which is not really the best cliche ever. But yeah, I do believe it that the more honest we are, even in delivering the hard truths, the more that we can actually grow together or apart. But um with growth being the optimal um outcome, I reckon. Um look, going back to the the dependencies, you know, there's a couple of things that come to mind, whether it be kids or, you know, the the mutual financial dependencies, mortgage repayments, um, or on each other. Yeah, these things all come from the energies of um, commitment or uh, abandonment, the fear of the fear of commitment, um, or the fear of um, the fear of not being committed to. And you know that that tends to be something that effectively ends up resulting in us being more you know we talk about this all the time more anxious in relationship more anxiously holding uh our attachment to the other so that they don't let go so they don't go anywhere uh or are avoidant basically um resulting in us just wanting to go get the hell out of there as soon as there's a sense of there being some commitment from the other towards them and, and requiring commitment from us so those energies of dependencies or desire to not be dependent upon um, are all related to this this notion of commitment. And again, I just think if we come back to authentic communication, it's it's going to allow us to navigate this as much as possible. At least we know what's on the table. And you know with that we can we can grow. It's that whole acknowledgement, acceptance, and then allowing concept that we talk to all the time, acknowledging these things out loud can at least allow us to see uh, where we've got some room for growth. Um, at the end of the day, I'm going to leave it with you chad to sign us out given that we're um, pretty much at the end of the clock and just just again reiterate that having a, a commitment to to having a, a satisfying deeply satisfying contented loving experience of life is for me um, my highest agenda and I, I really hope to be able to bring um, myself into relationship with that goal with someone else if not with everyone else, um, in fact, with everyone else first and foremost. Um, yeah, so not with everyone else on a sexual basis, but on a on a loving, intimate basis. You know, I think that's what we all hope from a spiritual perspective we we can achieve. What do you reckon, Chad? Yeah, I think um, I think every every individual person is going to have have their own. real concept of of how that will play out because like I said it takes I, I believe it takes two aware conscious healthy individuals to be able to have those open conversations that we've spoken about and that again is something that you know it, it's it seems like it's easily done in the conversations we have here but even in lots of my peers and lots of people I know, I think it, when we put it into practice, you know, that open communication that you guys touched on, it's, um, it's so important to strive for that. But I think that takes, I think that takes skill and I think that takes awareness and I think that takes a safe space 
you know, so I guess if, if any, I'll, I'll leave it at if anyone's out there struggling or trying to learn how to, how to have more open communication in their relationships, you know, the therapy is a good place to start. You know, as a psychotherapist, we all, we all have to be in therapy. You know, we, we, can't, we can't be psychotherapists without being in our own personal therapy. So that, that'll, be my, that'll be my take. You know, if you're not 100% fulfilled with your life and your reality, seek out some therapy, whether it's group therapy, whether it's personal therapy, whether it's online therapy. Because, um, you know, like I've said before, until we make the unconscious conscious, it'll direct our life. And, and you know, being able to consciously have open communication is a big is a big part of of life really so it's been great great being here with you two guys again Diana and Dean and I guess I'll see you next week I'll see all the listeners out there next week as well thanks so much guys thank you see ya bye